If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com Registered Training Organisation 31352 Our guest today is Tricia McKay. Tricia's an animal communicator and we're going to talk to her specifically today about communicating with horses. She's been an animal communicator for over 15 years and been featured both nationally and internationally on countless radio shows, magazines and newspaper. Her work's been featured on TV broadcasts across 40 countries, including Australia's Sunrise, Current Affair and Studio 10. She's also been a guest speaker at the Australian Veterinary Association Conference and many other conferences. How are you today, Tricia? Very well, thank you, Glenis. How are you? Good, good. Tricia, the inspirational quote that you've got, it's been quoted a couple of times and I know it's yours, but can we go straight into that? I think it's a really good one. Yeah. Animals are the bridge between us and the beauty of all that is natural. They show us what's missing in our lives and how to love ourselves more completely and unconditionally. They connect us back to who we are and to the purpose of why we're here. I really love that because it's so true. Yeah, yeah. Now, did it take you a while to formulate that? How did it come about? Was it because you kept explaining to people so many times? I mean, you know, sayings don't usually just come up. They There's something thought behind it. Yeah, there is thought behind it. And I really think that, look, animals have been put on the earth for such a large purpose, you know, it's a bit like we come down here and we, we seem to be spending our whole lifetime trying to find out what that purpose is. Animals have a sense of what their purpose is right from the beginning and I really feel that they come here to assist us in finding ours. And that's why they are that bridge between all that's natural, which is really what we've come from and really the situation we're in now and, and, and we're on it now digitally, aren't we? Oh, um, and, and all of that. and. And they just mirror things that are happening within ourselves and they show us what it looks like. So if we're going through something, often an animal that is with us is going through something very similar or the same because maybe we don't see it objectively when it's within us, but when it's within them, we see what it looks like. And in assisting that animal, we often assist ourselves. And, you know, animals come along to us at times when we're going through hardship, when things are happening in our lives. And... They remind us that love is unconditional and that there are indeed creatures on this planet who love us deeply and they show us what that love looks like so we don't lose faith, you know? Mm, and it does mm. connect us back to who we are as we are in the wild and particularly horses because horses have never really agreed to be domestic. They, to me, are the bridge because they are the bridge between domestic and wild. Where dogs and cats are more domestic, you know, most definitely, and they've agreed to that. Horses aren't. They've still got that amazing in a wild. And I, I just know that when people are riding or sharing time with their horses, they get a glimpse of that wild. And I believe that that's why they love being around them. Mm. 
because it connects them back to their inner wild, yeah, and that sense of freedom because that's really what horses symbolise. I think just, you know, to horse people are a bit different to dog people and or cat people, you know. I mean, people love their dogs and cats, but people are just absolutely passionate about their horses. Because they have a different sharing of interaction. It's mm. a different interaction. It's a different size. <laughs> it's a different everything to me, you know, and horses don't live in your house with you. Mm. So the horses actually very much stay true to themselves. So they're very much different to interact with. But I agree with you. Horse people are totally in a class and a section on their own. <laughs> and I believe horses are too. Mm. Mm. Horses are very talkative in communication, mm-hmm. very much so, more so than most of the other animals <laughs> I've communicated with. Yeah. It's quite unique. How did you start with horses? I want to I want to Talk first of all about your first memories with horses because that's what we normally ask people. But then I want to ask you about the gift that you have with communicating with horses and when you first realised. So it's sort of like a, it's a double question. You know, it's how did you start with horses, but then how did you start to realise about your gift of communicating with horses? Look, it goes back to when I was very young. I didn't own a horse or have a horse when I was younger, but I was horse mad. I mean... I just couldn't get enough of horses. And when I was young, my father, used he took me out to a riding school. But I didn't sort of take lessons. They used to just put you on a horse. <laughs> you didn't have helmets and things back then. They put you on a horse, and I was only very young, and this horse was like about 16 hands, and they just go off you go, and we'll see you in a few hours. And that was the most magical time in my childhood because just sharing time with this horse. You see, because prior to that age, Even as a child, I never really played with animals. I shared time and life with an animal. So when I was at two years of age, you'd find me lying in the dirt with the dog. Mm. Then we had a little baby lamb and they found me out on all fours eating grass with the lamb. Well, with horses, it went one step further. I became a horse and... I thought my mother thought she was going to commit me because wherever all the other kids were watching TV or just playing with their friends, I was out the back snorting and neighing and running around the backyard. And so much so that my cousin and I, we both became horses and we used to be two horses that used to run in a paddock. And it went on for years. <laughs> Literally, Gladys. I know. Anyone listening to this probably go, that girl is really strange. But it was like, it was like I could feel myself as a horse. It was the most amazing experience. And my father, you know, and my mother, you know, they used to buy me all these horses. I used to have figurines everywhere, pictures, you name it. Mm. I was just a horse fanatic from a very Mm. young age. Now, when I rode that particular horse, the communication, I believe, started way back then. And I used to talk to this horse. Their home life was not all that happy. So I'd go out with this horse and I tell you, I would tell this horse all my dreams and all my aspirations for my whole life. I was only young, I was between eight and 10 when I was riding him, but I remember going out there and I'd be telling him everything and what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go. And he was an amazing trotter. And I just remember him always turning his ears and listening to me and that his trot rhythm would change depending on what I was talking about. And that to me was like an amazing connection that this horse and I just were as one. 
and we were best friends. And it was like I didn't see him as different to me and he didn't see me different to him, you know. It was just the most beautiful relationship and it was even more than a relationship that, that we had. And I came away feeling really relaxed and elated that somebody was interested in my dreams mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. always was interested in my dreams. And that is what I'm talking about in this unconditional love, you know. And he was just amazing. And it was funny because the guy who ran the clinic, you know, he ran the, the school, he had put me on a few different horses and he said to my father, he said, there's something about this girl because it doesn't matter what horse I put her on, she can pick up the rhythm of whatever I choose to put her through. She mm-hmm. just, it's almost automatic and natural. And now I know, you know, I'm sure I've been a horse before, then. I'm just, I'm convinced <laughs> of it. <laughs> but I won't nay for you on this program and I'll try to keep it real. Okay. Okay. Now, it's a long way, you know, from going out and having all the figurines and the pictures and playing with horses and pretending you're a horse and everything else. But having a career with horses, what was the jump there? How did you go from one to the other? Did you work with horses in another category? Did you, what did you do? No, it was, it was a strange thing. I I ended up going off and I was going to become a vet. Mm-hmm. And then I found out about having to put animals down and other things that were happening in my generation. And I decided, no, my heart wouldn't allow that. I just, I couldn't do that. So I decided to enter into the human field and I went into dentistry. And I was in the dental field for quite a few years, but I just knew there was just something else I was supposed to be doing. And I had a lot of in and outs with around horses on and off through my life, but it never drew that way until... An animal actually spoke to me. It wasn't a horse, but an animal actually spoke to me. It was a cat. And it reawakened what I had experienced in my youth, like in my early years. It had reawakened a dialogue. And it was at that point in time that I realized that animals have a silent language. And it was just through this process that I came into a lot of areas where there were horses. And these horses, literally, I would walk into a paddock In one in particular in Aubrey, I walked into a paddock and this horse just saw me and said, I know who you are. I could hear him. He was saying, I know who you are. He came straight up to me and he put his muzzle on my mouth and he moved my head up and down. And then he he actually blew into my nostril (laughs) and he said to me, we will work together again. And we have. Mm -hmm. And we're now doing horse clinics together. And he's just the most amazing horse. And Horses just recognized me. So I would walk into a place and a horse would come up and start a dialogue with me. And it didn't matter where I was, who the horse was, even if the person who who owned that horse was right there, that horse would just do sort of things out of character where the person would say, oh, my horse has never done that before. You know, oh, I'm really sorry. I don't know why he's doing that with you, you know, because Mm -hmm. I was a perfect stranger. But it was like they knew. And then this dialogue opened up and they were so insightful that I just couldn't resist talking to them because they talk about universal things. They filled me with so much information and got me to look at things in such a different way. It was really magical. It really was. And I know anybody who's listening to this will go, oh, yeah, we know the magic of horses. You know, we know the magic of the learning. Mm -hmm. They know it. But when they can hear it, like in this silent language, in this direct process, it's just amazing. It's the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life, by far. You know, and taking the horse that, that came up to you, you know, all those years ago and said, I know who you are, did you feel like that's what he was saying and that was a general expression of his body language or it was actually 
the the words themselves. It was the words mm -hmm. themselves that mm -hmm. was it was telepathic. He was speaking to me, and it happened in exactly the same way as that first cat that spoke to me. And don't forget, Glenis, I was in a very sciencey sort of profession, mm -hmm. and it sort of threw me for a six because it just wasn't something I had. I always knew I had this connection with animals, but I didn't realize that they had a dialogue that they could actually communicate in this particular way. And when that started happening, and if, you know, if, if I was walking down the street, it would happen with dogs. If I went into a, um, um, with horses, it, it began to happen with horses. The thing with horses is though, that there was just a different energy about it and it was much more expansive and I just loved it. And it drew me back into the world of horses. You know, so from young, as I got older, it just drew me right back into that world of horses. Mm -hmm. And the experiences I've had is just incredible, incredible. They're incredible animals and mm -hmm. they're just so different to everything else. And they just take you to such an amazing place. But that dialogue is really what I want to emphasize because imagine being able to go out and directly communicate with your horse. So mm -hmm. something's wrong. You're mm -hmm. noticing something's wrong. You don't have to go, oh, I could try this and I can try that. You just ask your horse, what is wrong? What is going on? Why are you acting this way? What has happened? And they'll tell you, and it's not always in words. Sometimes it's in pictures and videos. And that's how my work grew and changed because I knew what they were saying and what they were trying to express. And sometimes it was completely opposite to what the person thought. And we worked on it and we made changes. So that for me was wonderful because you're not only helping the person, but the horse is, is able to express themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you can you imagine as us as humans, I mean, you know, we all love to yak, you know. Could you imagine us being gagged <laughs> for <laughs> yeah, all these years and not being able to speak and people talking about us and we're going, no, that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> we can't yeah. say anything, you know. That's why this is so great. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're saying that sometimes it could be in pictures, in videos, like um, mm. images flashing. Yeah. Well, look, telepathy is something that's very scientific. Mm. It's mm. just a mind-to-mind -mind communication. Mm. Many people do it. And I was going to say, and there have been studies, it's not just, it's, no. you know, as far as telepathy goes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's a massive amount because horses use it to each other as well, not mm -hmm. just to us. Mm -hmm. It's an interspecies communication. So we are just another species. The only reason that the animals haven't lost it and we have is because we verbalized yes. and because it was encouraged in mm. schools. Now, if you think back to when you first verbalized, it was probably two or three. I can't remember back to two, can you? <laughs> no. 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 That's why little kids and animals, they're often conversing. If they're before that verbal exchange, they're usually conversing in that way. Mm -hmm. And that's why even little kids, it's been studies where they've actually contacted the mother in another room to say, come come back, and there's usually something, a problem with the baby. Mm -hmm. There's even been studies for that with the telepathy. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying telepathy is something that it's interspecies. It's yeah. been around for a long time, indigenous, you know, and it's just that we've forgotten about it because of modern society. But if we were out on the land, we would probably be using it all the time. You know, especially to ask animals where water holes are and, and various things, it's actually really quite natural, you mm -hmm. know, but that's mm -hmm. what the horses do. So they're telepathic geniuses. That's how they communicate. So they're very good at it. It's just us that need to get back into that finer detail so that we're good at it again, mm. because obviously for us to be able to converse in this way, we have to get very clear. Yep. Yep. And the problem with us 
is we're too busy in the mind, Dennis. I mean, we're just thinking about things. Animals are in the now. Horses are in the now. Do you think they're thinking past mm. the grass when they're grazing? They mm. don't because they're mm. totally in a meditative state. We're not. Mm. We're sitting here thinking about dinner, thinking about, well, oh, what have I got to do after this? And what are you going to do before that? And we don't stop. So, mm. therefore, mm. we're never quiet. And that's where that exchange happens. And that's one of the biggest keys yep. is that you've got to get quiet in the mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look, horsechats.com. If for someone that wants to work with horses and they may not have the gift that you do, what sort of core skills, you know, and this is just to work with horses. This is the sort of person that horses would enjoy to have working around them. What sort of core skills or character traits do you think they need to have? Well, I think they need to have a calmness about them first up, you know, mm-hmm. not hyperactive, not, you know, scattered. Because scattered energy actually affects a horse very greatly. Horses, as we know, are prey animals. They're not predators. So they are a little bit on the edge most of the time. That's why they like to be around other horses and so on. But you need to be calm and you need to be very open open of energy, open of mind, to allow what you may think is impossible be possible. So allow yourself to be open to that intuitiveness or that communication because those horses will openly show it and sometimes they will show it in the physical for you when that openness is there. Mm -hmm. And when you're calm, they are able to have a lot more scope and trust and faith in you because your energy is calming and they like being with that calming energy. If you're scattered, then they think that means danger. So they don't want to be around that. They're not comfortable around it. So that's a a really big one Mm -hmm. for being Mm -hmm. around horses, you know, most definitely. But the openness and also, I know that people who love horses and want to be around horses know this, but do we actually act it out? And that's that they have so much intelligence. They're really highly intelligent individuals and a lot of the time they're way ahead of us, you know? So always treat them with that respect that they deserve of that level of intelligence and to have the equality of the relationship. Horses have always spoken to me about this equality where they want to be seen as, it's not even, the word equals doesn't even feel right to me. It's just that two beings interacting together, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. two beings engaging with one another. It's all about your perception and intention of why you're working with horses because Mm. that intention needs to be pure Mm -hmm. because a horse will pick it a mile off. Yep. For sure. What do you think is the best thing about working with horses, you know, for you? I was going to say, you haven't got a long enough program, have you? (laughs) (laughs) I think working with them is that every day is a new discovery with them. Every time I do something different with them, I learn something different. And there's a purity about them when they express themselves that there's not that terrible intention. There's just a a, a purity and it's just such an individual thing. Like, I love interacting with so many different horses because they're all so individual. And each one of them has something new and vibrant and unique to show me on a daily basis. And I feel like I've become a better person from being around them. Mm -hmm. Mm 
mm-hmm. and following their lead, their principles, yeah. and how they even look after each other. You know, there's just so many things, so many things. We might have to get you to come back a little bit if you're going to talk for that. You know, to to keep going. Maybe the ten the ten best things about working <laughs> working with horses. But we can talk about that a bit further along yeah, anyway. Sure. Tell me about a person yeah. who's influenced you. Someone who's had a strong influence that's helped you, inspired you, helped you make career decisions? Well, I'd have to say in the horse industry, I must admit Frederick Pignon would be one of them that would be very high on the list. Mm -hmm. He's an amazing trainer, but he's not really a trainer to me. He's a man that fully understands horses, and when I see them react to his presence within the first couple of minutes of meeting him, It just inspires me to want to see what is that magic that he portrays Mm, mm. and why the horses respond so well to him. And, you know, it's been interesting because I went and watched him work and I was watching him engage with the horses and it was interesting to ask the horses what was the magic. And they said, he is just so, it's just the trust. Mm, It was mm. just that element of trust. Mm. He takes the whole um, liberty, you know, he takes that to just a whole new level. You know, you think you've seen people working with Liberty and you see him working and you just go, wow, wow, you know, how did he do that? How, you know what, it's just a new level. It is. It is. It's a way new level and it's it's the way I feel we should all be with our horses. Mm -hmm. To me, there's no other level now. You've sort of seen somebody achieve that. In, In some cases, I've seen him achieve amazing things in 20 minutes where a horse is completely shut down. And he still says, oh, no, it's still, you know, we've still got work work to do. I've just seen those spark in the eyes come out Mm, mm. from that horse. And that to me is, that's that's the level we need to be working at, Mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. Now, you said Mm -hmm. about the horse who, you know, came up to you, well, the horse that you used to take out riding, but then the horse who came up and had that initial dialogue with you. Have there been other horses who've influenced you, helped you in your career? Look, there have. I would have to say Alibaba, that initial horse, would mm-hmm. have to be the greatest because I was so young yep. and needed to be guided. And when I didn't have perhaps the parental guidance that I needed, that horse took over that role, mm-hmm. which was quite remarkable considering he wasn't my horse, you know. Mm. But there's just been elements of horses that, I mean, I was in an arena as an educator at an event and that horse was really I think that horse was amazing because it, it was a very young horse and he wasn't an educator horse or anything. He'd just been put in there because we, we needed a horse and I met him two minutes before I went on and I just felt for him because he was so nervy. Mm. So I changed my energy and he, the way he responded to me within those seconds in that arena made everybody's jaw dropped, you know, and this horse came and circled me in this tight circle and put his head over my shoulder Now, I had an epiphany at that time because, one, I was so grateful that he was now relaxed and that I'd helped him, Mm. but he showed me how quickly and how important that my energy was in how I related to him. He took me to a whole new spot right there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of what could be achieved, and it all came out of because I wanted to help him because I felt such a, a love for him that I wanted him to be comfortable and in return, he came and stood by my side. His energy was so warm and so comforting. He actually did the same for me <laughs> because it was a big event, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I look back now and say, gee, was I nervous? 
Mm. Was I helping him or was he helping me? It was just like two beings going through something and we both helped each other and it both took us to a, a whole new spot. It brought the audience to absolute silence. Mm. Mm. Absolute silence. They, nobody could speak. So that was a big moment of song. Do you think that's been your proudest moment, that particular one? Look, I think there's probably a lot of proud moments. I think that was one of them mm. because, do you know, Glennis, that sometimes magic happens, but do you notice that often people aren't around mm. or you'll have to talk about it to somebody else? I think it was a proud moment because I've wanted people to see why what I'm talking about is so important to them. And I think it was such a proud moment because the horses decided to do it in front of a full crowd. Mm. They decided to take it to the next level and show the people why they want this to be brought out and why they want to be treated in this way, what it can achieve in a matter of moments. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. And we've had a lot of that where the courses are now coming out on film, they're coming out in big events, and they're just absolutely proudly showing it to the people what can be achieved. And the people now, it was interesting because the people were all involved. I'd taken them through a full exercise. We had done how to get in the zone and how to connect. So they were helping me achieve that. And they were all elated because they felt that they were part of it. It took the audience to a new level as well. That one horse, that one young horse. Yeah. Mm, mm, That's good. His name was Paddy. Paddy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was he Irish? Yeah, I think he was actually Irish. Yeah. <laughs> it was an Irish name, isn't it? But I think he actually was actually Irish. But And he was only four, so he yeah. was he was doing well. Yeah, okay. very good. So thinking about where you are in your, now in your career and when you first started, what do you think has been your biggest challenge? Well, look, if I want to be honest, I think the biggest challenge has been the whole horse industry has gone a lot towards natural horsemanship. And we have to thank everybody who's ever brought that to the fore. But I think the biggest challenge for me is now to go beyond that and for people to understand that they can go even beyond that and that they can actually have a dialogue with their that there is actually this language. I think it's hard for people in the conventional throes of horsemanship because they've known one way, they've kind of followed a particular way. And I'm asking them to go on a completely different tangent. I think that's been the biggest challenge. But having said that, when we run a horse clinic and the people that do come, they call it the avatar. They call it the avatar connection that they now have with their horse. They didn't think it was possible. And that's, I think, the challenge now is getting less and less. So do you think now that just in general, people are a bit more open to ideas that get them to think? You know, not just following what someone's taught them in a sense that they follow one direction and that's it, but they're open to more, to broader ideas. Yeah, I think they are open to broader ideas. And I think there's people out there who have known about this intuitive connection but had no one to speak to Mm. about it. Mm. And by me getting it out there and making it more available for people, they often, wherever I am, if I'm out at a major event, they'll come up to me and tell me all their stories Mm -hmm. because they just want to talk about it with someone because some people will talk about it and some people won't. But now it's become almost common knowledge going, I'm ecstatic. (laughs) At the events I do now, it's just become common knowledge. They'll come up and go, oh, yeah, yeah, this is great. I remember I talked to you last year and guess what happened since then? (laughs) It's just like it's just, yeah, and we get really 
uh, you know, we don't want to brag, but but let's brag. Mm. We love going to some of these major events because we get such huge crowds. Yep. Way bigger than the conventional people in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's told us that things are changing because yep. people want to hear about this. And also people are still having issues with their horses and the conventional way hasn't helped them. I'm not saying all people. That would be ridiculous to say that. Many conventional ways help horses and people, of course, does. But it's not one size fits all. And that's why people are now looking for other avenues. And this is maybe something they've heard a bit about or they've heard a lot about or nothing about. And they want to see what it's about because if they can get closer to their horse or make big changes within their horse and their relationship, they'll do it. Mm. You and I spoke Mm. earlier of how different the horse people are. They will go to Mm. any length to create that with their horse. I know that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think so. I think that it is all about the communication, the partnership, and uh, I think, you know, that that's really ultimately what... It's a, it's a two-way relationship. Mm. If you can't really know for sure what your horse is wanting to say or, or how he or she is thinking, you've really only got half the story. It's yes. the same in any relationship, whether it's human or animal. If you are not communicating well, you will only be getting your side. And someone is losing out or you don't have all the information. Without all the information, you can't create a solution. Yes. What the communication does is it creates all of that information comes to you. And with all that information, you can then work out a plan and a solution. Of course, you're going to get success because why wouldn't you? You Mm -hmm. have all the components. Yep. That's the difference for sure. If you're an equestrian coach or a riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look now at the free video series for horse riding instructors. It's on horsechats.com. What do you think, you know, going out to clinics and working with people, working with their horses, what do you think is a common problem, common fault that stops, that blocks that communication and blocks that partnership? So, and we want you to talk about how to fix it as well. Yeah, yeah. Look, for sure. It's, first of all, you well, you've got to be open to it. If I said to you, Glynis, you know what? See that little chair there? You can jump over that. And if you said to me, I can't jump over that. And I'll say, have you tried? And you know what? You might be quite surprised. You can jump over it. But if you believe you can't, you'll probably fall. Mm. Because it's all about a belief. So if you look at your horse, it's how you see them. I think one of the challenges for people when they first start this communication is realising the level of conversation you can get because they didn't think for a minute that a horse would have perhaps that conversation. Yeah, they know their horse is intelligent and understands things, sure, but we're talking about a whole new level. So first of all, you have to be open. Also, don't go in with only your agenda. Every time you interact with your horse, remember that there's two of you. So always go in thinking, let's just see how we are today. Let's feel, let's sense. So when you go there, Try to sense and feel the energy of the horse. How's he feeling today? Is he feeling sort of easygoing and relaxed? Or is he a little bit uptight? What's going on for him? Because maybe today is not the day to do certain stuff. Maybe today it's a good day to do a bit of play and have some fun. Even ask yourself the same thing. So in other words, don't go in with an expectation. Go there with an open agenda, an open intention that, you know what? You want today to be successful, whatever that is. And it doesn't matter whether it always involves work because having fun with your horse and doing other things completely changes the relationship. So going in and sensing that. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes that we go down there and go, oh, well, today we're going to do 20 minutes of that, half an hour of that, and such and such. You've already 
checked it out. What you've forgotten to do is realize that you've got another being involved. So maybe that's not going to be good for him or her today. And you want this to be a two-way thing. And you'd be surprised once you open that intention and you start to feel and sense what's really going on between the two of you, they will work far harder for you now than what they ever would have done before. And that we know. Mm-hmm. is a fact. So if you want a relationship, go in there with putting the relationship first. Put the work second, but the relationship always must come first. So go in there and if whoever's listening out there seems to be a fairly relaxed person, then perhaps you can actually go there. And one of the things I always get people to do is spend some time just being. So go and sit in the paddock and just be with your horse. Don't interact. Don't expect anything. Just sit and sense what it's like to be your horse and he or she will be doing the same to you. It builds the relationship and is the first stage of communication where there's neither expectation, we're just sharing space and energy. You'll be so surprised at what you will pick up from your horse and what you will begin sensing. You will actually go back into that naturalness that your horse is and your senses will really expand. And then the second thing you want to do is to see if you can, uh, hopefully if you've just did the just being, you'll be quite quiet in your mind. And I want you to trust what comes in. I want you to trust that if something comes into your mind, like, oh, for a minute there, I either felt it in my body or I heard the word I'm sore, those two words, Mm. and check it out. Don't ignore it. Don't pass it off like, oh, that was just me. I want them, the people out there to explore that because you're actually getting signs from your horse. There's no way in the world that each and every one of your listeners has not experienced communication. They have. They're just not sure whether it was them or their horse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have to start trusting that it's coming from the horse and then we acknowledge it. Yes. So if you say to your partner, I would love flowers, and he never buys you flowers, you're not going to say it too often, are you? You're going to stop saying it. Mm-hmm. But if you say I like flowers and he rushes out and gets you flowers then you're going to be a lot more demonstrative. You're going to be communicating a lot more. So will your horse. Mm -hmm. We must acknowledge, even if we only think that it's coming from them, that's where it starts. So please get them to do that. Okay. Be wonderful. And now, have you got a book that you can recommend? Oh, look, absolutely. I wrote this book called Ask Your Horse. Mm -hmm. It has uh, the first couple of sections are all about the communication. It'll talk all about the just being, how to get in the zone. It'll take you through exercises to get you started and you will see the physicality of it from your horse. And then it talks about the horse psyche. It talks about what is most important to the horse. And our favourite section is about four or five pages where it's actually dialogue that I've heard from various horses, actually what they say, the types of things that they say, so that the reader can go, wow, I didn't realise that the horse was thinking about that level or was thinking about those things. And that will open their perception up mm-hmm. to realise mm-hmm. that when they do get that those words come into their mind, they're going to go, wow, they were from a horse. Mm-hmm. That's very similar to what I've heard them say in that book. Yep. You know? Yep. So that would be a, a wonderful starter. Good, good. So what are you looking forward to, Trish? Are you going to write another book? Have you got something a bit more advanced or what are you doing? Well, I will be writing something more advanced in Mm. that, but really what I'm concentrating on at the moment is our horse clinics because we feel that anybody who is working or just interacting with a horse has to be able to speak the same language. Mm -hmm. If you went and lived in France, 
you would want to learn French, wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be helpful? Oh, well, sure. if you're going mm. to work with horses, you need to learn the horse language. Yep. And so our aim is that we teach as many people on the planet how to do this so that each and every day we have two beings working together in harmony mm-hmm. and in a symbiotic fashion and we create the best relationships there are between a horse and a human. Mm. That's our aim. Mm. So, you know, yeah. if, if in any way we could do that, we will be doing that. For <laughs> okay. Sure. Now, just if you can summarise your philosophy in just do a couple of sentences, that would be great. You know, just something to sort of summarise what we've been talking about so the listeners can go away and think about that during the day. Yeah. Always be relaxed with your horse. Always. Just love your horse from your heart at any moment. From exactly from your heart centre. Don't go into your mind. Always work with your horse from your heart and his heart will open and magic will happen. All right, I think that's a good one. Now, Trish, how can people contact you? They can contact us on uh, www.animaltalk.com.au mm-hmm. and we'd be happy to answer any questions or queries that uh, people have with themselves or their horses. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Okay. I'd love to. And those details will also be, your contact details will be on horsechats.com slash Trisha McKay. Now, McKay spelled M-C and then C-A-G-H, or else just go to horsechats.com and search for Trisha. Trisha, thank you for coming today to talk to us. You certainly brought some energy in that's a bit different, you know, a bit different. We haven't had an animal communicator before, and I think, um, you know, the big thing is that you've just got to keep opening your ideas. You know, you don't know what you don't know. What is it? You don't know what you don't know. <laughs> we all don't know, you know. I mean, I think we've all just got to be open. You don't know what's open. possible until, until exactly. you, yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Anything exactly. is possible. Yep. So thanks for talking to us today and hope to talk to you again sometime soon. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses, or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below.